Jamie, how you doing? Very well, you? Jolly good, yeah, not bad, not bad. I feel a bit more awake this time than that. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's episode. not the evening. <laughs> it's not We're... one in the morning or whatever time we finished in the end. <laughs> no, no, sorry about running so long, although we had, did have some, we had some good reviews actually from mm. running for a long time. Not that we're necessarily going to do that again this time, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a editorial decision, was it? But it just kind of happened. Um, I, it was one late. of my friends said that they had to do an extra couple of laps around the block, really, <laughs> in order to finish it off, Impro- improving our fitness. Improving oh no, no, fitness. in the car. In oh, the in car. the car. So All right, okay. it's making our listeners more slovenly nice. than they were before. Not, no, we're not casting expressions. Obviously, there is there is one um, one friend of the show called uh, is it what we call it? Friend of the show or friend, friend of Padraterb? Friend of Padraterb. Yeah, friend of Padraterb. That's how I referred to uh, Chloe on the blog. Yeah. She was a friend of Padre's Hub. Chloe, who is CEO of Tidy, <laughs> Keeping It Tidy Ironing Service. They put the star in starch. They put the star in starch, yeah. <laughs> for when you crease up. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Um, oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Chloe, we are awaiting a check, yeah. obviously, for the mentions. That's been twice now. So or, we'll, we'll or invoice free, you. free ironing. Yeah, as oh, well, that'd be actually. great. That'd be great. Yeah. No, there okay. Uh, so, so I just want to explain what we're about, just in case there's anyone who's listening for the first time. And uh, my name is Jamie. Hi. And this is Paul. Hello. Hello. And um, we decided a while back that we needed to read more Bible and wanted to find ways to get deeper into Scripture, learn more about what's going on, because obviously this is the book that we believe God has inspired his children to write for us, that God has himself written for us. So we wanted to just get involved with learning more. So we thought we'd put out what we find in the Bible on a podcast. So what you've got here essentially is two friends who are doing the things that I've just explained. <laughs> That's it. Pretty much, yeah. That's All it. of the above. All of the above. So we've had a week, haven't we, to prepare a passage. And on episode three, we're looking at Mark 4 which is all about the parables. Yeah. Um, so that's been good. I haven't had a full week, I'll be honest. No, <laughs> it's nor been have one I. Of those weeks, so, have I. Uh, I mean, like, just, just to clarify, we do the podcast every two weeks, mm, but mm. We, we kind of have a week off from any kind of podcast stuff. Otherwise, if I had two weeks of looking into stuff, I would disappear at my own pun. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Physically? It just, <laughs> just be so <laughs> Where's Paul gone? There's I never just... know when to stop. It just gets a bit deep and then I tie myself up in knots. That's and it's it. Not good. So we've so. limited Paul. We've limited Paul to a week and he's taken that to heart this week and I think he's done about 20 minutes. It was prep. about, to, yeah, it was a couple of train journeys because I've been on site and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's the thing. We're trying to give an honest view anyone can do this you know we've not had to put aside hours and hours we're just doing as much as we can in a week mm-hmm. um yeah okay that's a that's longer intro than <laughs> D- than usual i thought it was slick i'm not i'm not going to keep mentioning the time because that's what i did last podcast listen back to it did you bad 20 minutes me? in i said no 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 20 minutes in i said oh i'm kept conscious of time and then it ended up being like a two hour long special <laughs> so i'm not going to make any more allusions to so what you were really saying was i'm conscious of the time but i don't care <laughs> yeah pretty much just through caution to the wind basically i'm conscious of the time we have a clock but i can't read yeah. the time so well, yeah. i think what we're saying here is what we're saying is that we can both tell the time <laughs> i think so that's important to know as you engage with scripture with well a, before before we want to go on uh, just in case it goes on for four hours today. Um, and then the people who I want to mention don't listen to the end. 
Uh, we've got four people who I'm very sorry I didn't mention you last week when I should have done uh, when I was talking about like the Facebook and the Twitter, which we'll get into a bit later because um, Jamie says that I always talk too much about it at the beginning of the podcast. So I'm not going to do that. But we want to give a, a shout out to four friends of the uh, friends of the, oh, I was going to say friends of the show. That's you. You've put me off. Friends of Padraturb. I'm sticking with that. Yeah. You, don't, you don't like it. You but, stick with it. It's fine. <clears throat> so four friends of Padraturb. We've got Will Jones, Sam Wigginton, George Aitchison and Peter Hurd, who all got involved somehow over the last few weeks on Facebook. So I wanted to say hello to them. Um, I, don't, I don't particularly feel the need to say hello to them myself. That's fine. I don't think they really want a hello from you because you're the nasty one in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, I'm not nasty, I'm honest. Me. <laughs> I don't really care that you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just as honest, but I just... You know, you're I'm nicer. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just you're a nice person. Fair enough. So I want to say uh, hello to those four. Um, since Hi. we last recorded, we've now got a blog, haven't we? Yes. Which is in the very early stages. That's padraturb.wordpress.com. P-A-J-R-T-B. Paul and Jamie, read the Bible. Uh, yeah, I think it is that, isn't it? I'm now worrying that it's Paul and Jamie, read the Bible.wordpress.com. But I think it's padraturb.wordpress. Yes, it is. Be, I just like talking into a microphone. That's why I'm in into this. Like I... Not fussed about the internet. Just like hearing your voice back. Yeah, that's it. Just listen to it <laughs> just... over and over again on loop. Thinking to myself, wow, I could probably do this without Paul. <laughs> wow, my voice is pretty dreamy. <laughs> yeah, wow. Jamie reads the Bible. Just imagine it. <laughs> so we've got a blog. So, you know, get involved. Have a look. We've been putting updates on Facebook and Twitter when we've been posting stuff. But we have got a worldwide spread of listeners. We do. Jamie. Uh, friend of Patra Turb, Faith Cook, got in touch in the in the week um to say that she is one of our listeners from the united arab emirates nice because i th- i'm pretty sure i checked the stats and i'm sure it said there were two people so basically we are looking now for the second person in the united arab emirates who listens to paul and jamie read the bible we would love you to get in touch please you can email us paul and jamie read the bible at gmail.com we've got twitter at padrita p-a-j-r-t-b or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Paul and Jamie read the Bible. Or there's a blog, <laughs> which is padraturb.wordpress.com. We or, need a better way of... Or if you just feel like listening to a podcast and not it turning into some kind of huge workload, just <laughs> listen to a podcast and enjoy it. Not everyone else is allowed to, the rest of it. But if you are that other person in the United Arab, Arab Emirates, we are saying you must get in touch. You, we, that's important. You must. Okay, we're doing it for a friend of the show. That's it. So you, friend you of the must, show, Faith Cook. If yeah, that's it. If if you don't get in touch, you're no longer a friend of the show, and uh, we will be putting sanctions in place. To, uh, um, I'll track down your IP address. See, this is what it. I mean about getting overly involved with this because, like, like already you've just said that it's possible to be disowned by a bible podcast that is true it's not it's not the case i think no, people you've got people far. know to take a dash of not listening to what we say <laughs> i don't know if we've got a worldwide spread there will be americans listening <laughs> who have no sense of irony whatsoever now there are there are americans that do have a sense of irony but we both know <laughs> that, that there is some that are devoid of irony um so if you are one of those americans <laughs> Um, just, just want to say, we love you. Woohoo. High five. Hang on in there. Hang on in there. Uh, right. Okay. Should we get cracking? Like, I'm thinking like people from like 
No, it's fine. I won't name states. Yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not, not name let's states. Let's not go there. Never I think been this there. It's a good time to, to pick up my Bible <laughs> and slowly edge away from racism. <laughs> it's not racism. Sorry, it's xenophobia. Yes. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, yes, I, I do apologise. Okay, so we are looking at Mark Four this week. We're looking at the parables. Um, so, what's a parable? Um, yeah, these are some of the questions we'll be looking into now. <laughs> so, Paul, <laughs> what? we completely lost it. I said today when I arrived that I was overexcited. Yes, I'm a bit sleep deprived as well. Yeah, so. Let's do this. <laughs> Paul, in your opinion, be it right or be it wrong, what is a parable? Well... I know Jesus likes parables. Yeah. Because, we, so verse 1 to 9 is the first of, parable of, of that we have chapter? in Mark. Have we said of what chapter? chapter 4. Yes, chapter I have four. said that a few times Have now. you, so I wasn't thanks, listening. Thanks for listening. Just talking. Um, right, so we've got, uh, initially the first parable is the parable of the farmer scattering seed. And uh, in verse 2, so basically we hear that Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. There's a massive crowd. It says he taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables. And then at the end, near the end of the chapter, uh, we've got a bit. It's verses 33 and 34, where it says Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But uh, yeah, I, I don't want to read that next bit just yet. So he never taught without using parables. So Jesus likes them. Um, we've got another friend of the show, another friend of Padraturb, Stephen Thomas, who's um, who's following us on Twitter. Um, and he's got a fantastic blog post on miracles. He's a, he's a guy who's looking into, there's a bit of Mark, there was Markian, uh, Markian Priority, I think was his most recent Markian one. Markian Priority. Yeah, which so was, that was quite... I suppose that's like a really, really clever way of saying... I'm reading Mark. <laughs> Pretty much. No, it's no, it's a bit more involved than that. But is he's it? very good. I if you want to, if you want to look in, <laughs> I really don't think. It look, is. let's not alienate more of our listeners. I'm just Steve. No, no. I think you're a very clever man, and you've been. Very I've helpful. got a lot of time. I've got a lot of time for Steve. Okay, as a right. And right. That, I had a drink with him last week. <laughs> no, you uh, didn't. no, I didn't. That's a lie. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry. No, it wasn't a drink with Steve. No, sorry. I was. Um, it was a Stevian priority moment. <laughs> Anyway, Steve, I should just say, I like, I'm having a bit of a laugh with you. You're a legend. <laughs> yeah, we've not met Steve before, so hopefully, no, hopefully he doesn't mind. Do you think he's a big guy? <laughs> I hope so. Fortunately, I'm massive. So we've got, so basically, Steve's written a great blog uh, blog post. What we're going to do, um, we'll, we'll put this on our blog um, when, we, when we put the podcast up. But basically, you can follow him at Steve underscore Thompson 3, um, or his, his own website is Bible Lad dot wordpress.com um and basically he wrote a bit about why did jesus use parables so there's a few points and a few that i've um sort of um gleaned from this passage here so firstly it makes you listen mm -hmm. jesus himself actually says listen exclamation mark in my bible which Does is it? quite exciting I where did like, he say oh. that oh yeah he says that yeah. in mine as well i read that first thing on the train i was like listen oh okay i need to actually pay attention to what sound I'm advice now. from our lord <laughs> That's it, 2,000 years ago, and he still woke me up. It's still on the relevant. Train. Isn't it yeah. amazing how it's, it's still relevant? Yeah. Like, I listen even now as a 21st century Christian. I listen to things. It wow. still speaks today. That's it. Wow. So, so parables may. Basically, there's, there's this great phrase um, by John Dominic Crossan, who's a, an Irish guy. There's a sermon. I don't um, think it matters that he's Irish. I don't know. I don't oh, know okay. to. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just painting a picture with words. 
he's an Irish guy. It's, it's worth a listen. That's on that um, the blog that we'll link to. But he calls it a participatory pedagogy. Pedagogy. Pedag- pedag- Pe- pedagogy? Pedagogy, yeah. So it's basically, it's teaching, but getting people involved as well, which is what Jesus really liked to do. So, like, when you're in Sunday school... Mm-hmm. That isn't actually Sunday school anymore. That is a participatory pedagogy moment. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I love it when people explain stuff simply. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but it's a good, it's a good phrase. Use that, use that with your friends. Yeah, I love Try it. Try and get that into a sentence <laughs> and not get punched in the face when you're at school this week. Basically, what it is, is Jesus, by using a parable, he's kind of almost obscuring it a bit. And it's just basically to get people talking. So... The idea, I mean, this this first um, parable, I will read it in full in a bit because um, it's worth reading. But it's basically about a farmer scattering some seeds. So it's something that people would know about. But then Jesus is comparing it to, um, well, it's, he actually he doesn't explicitly tell the people what he's comparing it to. Um, he just tells them this story. And then it's um, basically at the time, we're, we're led to believe, that, like um, scholars say, that people would have been able in the crowd to go, hey, hang on a second. Uh, no one would do that or I don't you know I think the the one that was in that sermon I listened to was about um, the good Samaritan and that would have really riled some Jewish people up they would have been like no a Samaritan would never do that and that's the point it's about getting people arguing like we do on this podcast (laughs) quite well so I guess Paul and Jamie read the Bible is a also a participatory pedagogy yeah I think um, we're a participatory podcasty. <laughs> I think that's what we are, technically. I like it. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue, that doesn't, doesn't it? it? <laughs> that's it. It's sort of like pageantum. <laughs> so the idea, the thing I've taken away from here is that you look into it, and I'm, I'm convinced that a parable will speak to you where you're at at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I've put here, I don't know if you agree with this, because it's something we're going to get onto in the next section, but I, I believe that there you can have lots of different, also all all valid interpretations Mm -hmm. basically i'm i'm not convinced that there's necessarily a right way to Mm -hmm. to read a parable or to listen to a parable so that's something we'll come on to in a little bit yeah um but basically i just wanted to give three ways uh, i'll read the parable and then i'll just give like three example ways that you could read this parable you know i read it a few times this week and each time something different came up um, sorry, you looked like you were going to jump in there. Am no, I... I wasn't going to jump in. I was just smirking away. <laughs> okay, no, like that's fine. Smirking. I just person. don't want to steamroll over your because you know don't, what you're like. You rarely get a word in. Don't edgeways. Don't, do don't, don't worry about steamrolling me, Paul. <laughs> you're rising above it. So this is this is the parable. So Jesus says, "Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it." Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, much like we've got today. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they sprouted, grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60 and even 100 times as much as had been planted. And then he says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So we've got we've got this picture of we've got the farmer, the sower, we've got the seed, we've got all the different places it lands. I say each read this three different ways. So either the first way of looking at it is we're the seed and then we're put upon by the world, basically. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm seeing um like the birds, the thorns, um like shallow soil. I'm thinking, you know, some of the things 
in the world that we struggle with that can sometimes stop the seeds of you know faith or or love for others you know it can sort of drown that out you know mm-hmm. that we get caught up in things of the world um the second way that we can can read it could be us being the sowers so we're going out you know in witnessing to people and mm-hmm. having conversations about our faith and and it's got some examples maybe of of how people can react it's also like an encouraging because it's saying basically we're sowing the same seed as you know god has sowed initially in us so mm-hmm. we've got the same power that's from god sort of what we've been talking about over the last couple of episodes this power that god gives us um and then it's it's an encouragement saying you know it's not always you're not always going to have a massive harvest like as in that last thing you know different mm-hmm. there's different things to expect or the third one which i which is my current favorite um is that we're the soil and that it's up to us to prepare our hearts you know get rid of the thorns get rid of all the weeds make sure that we we're prepared that we've put a bit of work in so that our soil is sort of deep and rich and that when we read our Bible, when we pray, go to church, meet up with friends, that that's all going to be a good way of cultivating mm-hmm. God's work in our in our lives. Mm-hmm. So there were the three. There were three different ways. I, I want to hear what you. Well, I, I think, I I think two things. First of all, I think that you can glean a lot from parables there are lots of layers to what you can glean from parables so i agree with you in terms of that however i think that in i don't i also don't want to skip on to verses 13 and onwards where jesus explains what the parable is about as well Mm -hmm. because i think that this is in in terms of what am I trying to say I'm I'm trying to say that in terms of the parables I think that there is a core message that should never be lost so there is something that Jesus is definitely trying to say Mm -hmm. in all of his parables but that isn't exclusively the thing that is being said in those parables but when you start interpreting a parable of Jesus or indeed an action of Jesus and you steer away from that core meaning i think you're then actually i think that you start to move into the realms realms of heresy actually and mo- really? moving away from stuff like and not obviously there there are different different degrees different degrees of that and it's good to explore scripture but i do think that there is one for example taking a look overall at chapter four mm-hmm. jesus explicitly says several times this is what the kingdom of god is like but interesting not in this particular parable not in this particular one but then he does go on to explain what the what is the word of god and what is the um and what the people what people can identify with in the story as well so mm-hmm. he's very clear on that but that, that that doesn't mean that we can't look for other reasons as well so i suppose we differ a little bit in this maybe it's a it's a question of order as well for me as i approach a parable or approach jesus life i don't want to try and find six things that jesus might be saying Mm, mm. i'm more of the personality type that would be like i want to know what jesus is definitely saying and once i've once i've found the obvious meaning of what he's saying what seems to be most natural within that context and what's going on then you can start to pull different things out does that does that make sense yeah so that's where i stand yeah. on it so like in this one 
I'm conscious that there's kind of like a little section in between. Like you've got verses 10, 11 and 12, mm. which is Jesus talking generally about why you, why he uses parables. And then he comes back to use the parable of the sower or the scattered seed as his example parable. He kind of takes it as a case in point. So what do you want to do first? Do you want to, do you want to go for the bit in between or do you want to carry on to what Jesus said? I, no, I, I do want to move on to that. I just, yeah, let's, let's move on to, to that bit. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go for those verses in the middle because I think, okay. I think they're key. Because, like I say, when I've been listening to things and reading, reading things about the parables, for me, 10 to, yeah, to, well, 10 to the end of that section, 10 to 20, really, to me, it kind of seems a bit out of place almost. Because when I, basically, when I've been reading about this, yeah, um, and people have said it's all about, you know, getting involved with it and and you come at it, you know, Jesus will say a bit later, you know, um, about the closer li- you listen, the more understanding you'll be given and things like mm-hmm. that. And and basically all the, all the people I've been reading and, and listening to have all been saying that in a parable, Jesus can kind of meet everyone at the, all these different stages, kind of where you're at. So basically you kind of hear what you need to hear. Like the Holy Spirit working in us isn't an answer book, is he? Because mm-hmm. not everyone has the same convictions no. And and like you say, we do have to be careful because we're not saying everything's permissible. Like you can come up with whatever, everything you want. Yeah. Um, from a passage, but it just seems a bit odd to me that all the stuff I've been reading has gone on about how great parables are and how clever Jesus was in using them, getting people involved. But then for Jesus then to go to the disciples, actually, here's the exact thing that I was saying. Yeah, seems a bit weird. So I, I've put in but my notes. But why is I that did... weird? Like I, I realise I just interrupted you there. Mm. But why is that weird? Because I think this is a key point in terms of how we approach scripture. Because mm-hmm. just there, you've said everything I've heard people saying about parables mm. points to this. So I now think it's weird that Jesus did this, and I think that perhaps that is actually one of the core reasons why people can get too caught up in stuff like um all of the extra biblical texts that Mm, we have which mm. is like i've just done something really pretentious there and called commentaries extra biblical texts (laughs) but all of the things that we've got from the past two thousand years and that those are all things that man said and i just think i think it's amazing and like all the, all these guys, are like they've done a great job and they're earnestly seeking God. But isn't it amazing how we can actually go full circle and end up thinking that a bit of the Bible is weird because it doesn't fit with the way that we view it? I know that's not necessarily yeah. what you're saying. No, I, I, but do you see how it starts to edge in that direction? It is I true, think really but I, I think sometimes we're guilty of the opposite, which is that we just strip away all context. We forget that it wasn't written in English. Because I've been, I mean, I'm using the NLT this week. I've mm. been using that because I've got the ESV and the NLT. Both are good for different reasons. I like the ESV because it's pretty straight. Yeah. Um, and occasionally gives sort of these little flourishes, quite interesting sort of ways of phrasing things that are slightly different. Yeah. Um, where it's a bit more intricate. And for I anyone like, who doesn't know what Paul's on about in terms of NLT, ESV, it, we because we live in the 21st century mm. and the 20th, and we used to live in the 20th century. We abbreviate everything. <laughs> Those are just abbreviated versions of like NLT is the new living translation of 
the Bible. Some people call it the not likely translation of the Bible. <laughs> and that, and oh, no. then there's the, then there's <laughs> the, been reading the, wrong then there's the ESV, which is the English standard version. Yes. And what's, what does people's, uh, the English standard the, version. Yeah. What's the nickname for that? Uh, I've never heard a nickname for that. Extra stupid version. Extra stupid version. <laughs> yeah. Dot com. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but you know, it's just, so like there are just different translations. Yeah. Sorry. So I, I like reading sort of in different translations because they're all pulling out a different part of the original text. Yeah. Um, so I think sometimes we, we miss the context. So like I say in here, we don't hear any of the crowd's response. We don't hear people shouting out sometimes. There was, um, sorry to keep going back to um, Steve's blog post, but there's a, that's a right, sketch I like Steve. on there. Yeah, yeah, as we've ascertained. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a sketch um, from uh, one of my favourite comedians, actually, Stuart Lee. Mm-hmm. He's a very clever guy, and um, he used to team up with a guy called Richard Herring. And basically, it's Jesus telling a parable. Have you seen it? No. It's... it's it is interesting. Basically, Jesus is telling a parable. He says, oh, look at the lilies of the field. And everyone goes, oh, right, yeah. And he doesn't give any explanation. And then someone goes, yeah, but what, what are you saying? Like, lilies of the field, they don't have to have jobs. They don't have to have money. Like that. And Jesus goes, ah, oh, and then everyone goes, ah, oh, with him. And the, the joke is, like, Jesus doesn't know what he's talking about. And it doesn't have anything to say to our real lives. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that, again, in its own way, that sketch is completely missing the point. Yeah. Because this wasn't Jesus just sitting down and telling people a load of nonsense and stuff that didn't apply to them it was actually getting people to you know it's maybe trying to rile people up or draw something out of them mm-hmm. and i think sometimes we don't engage maybe as much in the bible as we should because yeah. we think oh no well i'm not allowed to delve too much into it because then i'm worried that i'm adding bits yeah. that aren't there or something do you see what i mean I, yeah I, sp- I suppose and like we we could i'm sensing we could bat backwards and forwards <laughs> on this for a long time but I, I think that Jesus was in this. I'm now my colours to the mask. I mm-hmm. think that Jesus here is talking about the kingdom of God in these passages. I think that is what Mark is putting across. These are several passages about Jesus talking about the kingdom of God. Maybe I'm oversimplistic. When, in fact, it's impossible to be oversimplistic. Maybe I'm simplistic <laughs> when it comes to um, when it comes to dealing with these things. But yeah, I, th- I think maybe we should crack on before yeah. we, before yeah, we no, bat that backwards and forwards. Disappear up our own bumps. Disappear or each other's bumps. bumps. Or each other's bumps. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Sorry. It's your turn to have a laughing fit now. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to pull it back together now. Right, <laughs> I'm back. And that, So the disciples say to Jesus... Um, when he was alone with the disciples, they, they gather around him and they say, um, they, uh, well, what they've asked him, that doesn't actually have the words there. I don't know why I had words in my head that there was going to be speech marks there, but there aren't. <laughs> and um, they gather around him and asked him about the parables, plural. And he told them this, and I think this is worth reading out. I think this is, I'm not going to lie, we're going to head down a <laughs> proper wormhole here when I read this because I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know about this. Jesus says, the secret of the kingdom of God, key phrase, the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. 
that is a difficult verse for me. Okay. That's a really, really difficult verse to swallow. It really is. Because it's like Jesus who, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus who is, to me, the personification of forgiveness. He's the rescue plan for the world. He, he's here to make forgiveness possible. Is here saying, oh, the reason that I talk in parables is so that when they hear this stuff, they don't turn and be forgiven. He's like, he's actually saying, otherwise, like, if I didn't speak like this, that's what it seems to me. It's like, if I didn't speak in parables, then the wrong people would be forgiven. It's like, so the people that are listening to this, they, they, they need to always see, but not perceive. They need to always hear, but not understand. Because if they did, they'll be forgiven. What on earth is going on there? See, that's interesting because I read it completely the opposite way. I initially struggled with this. I thought the same thing as you. Help I thought me. that is harsh. <laughs> I thought that is harsh. It's basically saying anyone who's because he actually uses the word outsiders, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> which is a bit harsh in its own way. And mm. like after last week, we were talking about people outside of the church. We're not to judge them, and we're to be loving. And yeah. and like you say, you kind of can't. How do you how do you marry the two? But basically, I think what it's about is it's about Jesus meeting people on their level basically if you're not interested you are not going to really listen so you know you'll just read the story and go well that doesn't have anything to say to me it's a load of garbage it don't mean anything it's just jesus talking in you know making some rubbish story that's meant to have deeper meaning it's a load of garbage mm -hmm. but if you listen <clears throat> yeah so basically it's saying when they see what i do they will learn nothing when they hear what i say they will not understand and i think the key term for me is otherwise so I, so the otherwise isn't I don't want these people to understand. For me, it's if they, if they do understand and if they do learn something from seeing and hearing, then they will turn to me and be forgiven. That's how I see it. I see it in a more mm. positive light. So it's basically saying Jesus makes, makes us work to understand. Mm -hmm. That's what I think it is. I think it's, it's saying people who... like. I don't necessarily know who he's talking about with the, you know, when he says outsiders, I, mm -hmm. I haven't necessarily nailed that down, but I do think it's basically saying if someone is willing to really look into what Jesus is saying, rather than just write him off as, Oh yeah, he was a nice man. And he said some interesting things, you know, let's try and love each other, whatever, you know, he's a bit of a hippie. Some people call him, don't they? Mm -hmm. But if people take him seriously, really look into his word, really try and understand what they're seeing and hearing, then forgiveness is for them then there's that turning to jesus and mm. being forgiven and be and becoming an insider being part of the family that mm. again jesus was talking about before you know all the crowd that were following him because mm. the crowd are following him if if he was really obvious the crowd would learn everything they needed to within the first couple of minutes mm. wouldn't they he'd say everything yeah. like once and they go oh yeah brilliant i'll try and be nice to my friends and i'll try not to be horrible to people and i'll try and do, do you see what I mean? I do see. Like, so I think it's it's about it's about people engaging with it. We, it. We'll come a bit more to it in in the next section, the parable of the lamp, um, about this thing. You know, where Jesus says, "Those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given." So I think I th that's how I read it. I think it's mm -hmm. about engaging people where they're at, and if people are willing to look into it and to take him seriously, it does involve a bit of work, a bit of seeking, but then I then. So I read this as inclusive rather than exclusive, which is how I initially read it. 
Yeah. Because I think it's basically saying if you are willing to look into Jesus's words and actually seek him out, seek what's right, then you will turn and be forgiven. The other thing that I wonder as well is that is Jesus speaking specifically to, well, he is speaking specifically to the disciples here. And he is, we're going to need to pause it, man. I'm going to sneeze and go mental and <laughs> cough and everything. Okay. <laughs> Back in a second, guys. <laughs> Yeah, I do see what you mean, but I think that, yeah, he's speaking specifically to the disciples as well. So there's this whole thing of one way of looking at how Mark portrays Jesus' ministry is that it's a gradual revelation of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So maybe Jesus is, isn't speaking primarily about our situation now because Jesus fully revealed who he was in his death and resurrection. But at this stage, he's telling parables. He's letting people know. He's revealing the kingdom of God to people. He's just started to debate with the religious leaders Mm. in the area as well. But the disciples were different in that context. He was like, the kingdom of God has been revealed to you. But there are those on the outside as well who it hasn't been revealed to yet. And maybe there's that element to it. I'm not sure. But then the other interesting thing about this passage, this passage just does, it does confuse me so much. There's a lot in there, um, isn't there? Yeah, it it, it, do, it really does. It's it, I think it's the first passage, if I'm honest, that we've come across in Mark that really hasn't clicked for me. Like I think this is one that for a good for years after we finished looking at Mark, I'll come back to it and still be like, it's one of those ones to really pray through. Mm. I think, Are you saying but, I haven't solved it then? Well, I don't know. Like, the, the honest, no, <laughs> I'm, honestly, I'm only no. joking. I'm only joking. No, no, no. Honestly, I'm not convinced by what you said overall. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it feels like a, a good direction to take, but I'm, I don't know. It's just, I do, I'm sounding very down about it, I guess. But, <laughs> but like, I, I don't, I don't get this. I don't know where we're going from. And then the other thing is as well. The disciples who Jesus says the kingdom of God has been revealed to you, they don't understand the parable anyway. That's, yeah. And so that's the other, it kind of then it flips you back in the other direction as well. It's, um, so maybe this isn't the most edifying section of a podcast <laughs> you come across, but I suppose it's just good to, good to note there are bits I, ju- I just don't get that you, that you won't, you won't get every single bit either. But this, this is, a, yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting because, uh, you know, again, that's a big part of this is we don't compare notes um, before we, we go into this. Uh, mm. We have mentioned that before. But, um, but I mean, later on, I'm sort of coming back to the sort of oxymoronic way that the Bible talks. You're an oxymoron. Thank you. Cheers. Um, it's funny the second time, actually. That one, it is, it? yeah. yeah. It um, so, <laughs> you're an oxymoron. <laughs> Oh no! All oh, right. No, yeah. you've done, no. no, no, no. That Sorry. was no. That Completely was. You've already done that one in a previous yeah. episode. Yeah. I don't listen back to yeah. it. To be honest, no. <laughs> I, I no. I just like talking into a microphone. <laughs> um, I, you know, part of it is if we ever did understand everything, then there'd be no point being a Christian, would there? Really? Because if if we can understand God. And Hold on, Jesus that sounds, I just need to process that in my mind. That sounds like one of Paul's massive statements that <laughs> probably isn't true. Hold on. If we if, could fully comprehend... If we could fully comprehend, 
you know, God. You know God. The mind of God. <laughs> the mind of God. If we could fully comprehend it, what's the point of being a Christian? Because the, the whole thing, a lot of my friends I speak to, they're like, no, humans are really clever. We'll work everything out eventually. We're great. We can do everything in our own strength. Yeah. You know, that's genuinely how people see it. People but don't what see about, the world in the same way. But that would, that would be true if God was like an anti-climax. Like if you understood the word of God, if uh, like God's mind and everything like that, mm. and then he wasn't worthy of your worship, then there would be no point being a Christian. But... Surely, no, I'm saying if we could understand him, yeah. then that diminishes his power, his power. If we can understand him. Got, there's that passage, isn't there? I haven't looked it up because I wasn't expecting to have to fight you on this bit. <laughs> but the whole thing about like God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Yeah. That's the whole point. You know, the, the whole reason mm. that we pray to God is because he's much higher than, than we are. Yeah. Yes. So if we could yes. understand him. Yes. 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 <laughs> if we could understand him and... and in our little puny human minds, if we could contain God and go, yeah, yeah, well, clearly God's done it because of this, oh, yeah, this, and this. containing God, yeah, yeah, of course. I'm saying understanding... Because there's, there's, there's that be... song that we sing at church that's got all those adjectives in, that's where the first adjective is indescribable, and then the rest of the adjectives that follow are all words that describe <laughs> God. Yeah, but again, that's the point, isn't it? The Bible describes God, but it also is unable to describe him. That's... Yeah. See, again, that sounds like another Paul comment where you just said the Bible describes God, but isn't able to describe well, him. Well, it can't because he's, he's above human comprehension. The whole of, That's what the whole of Job is, isn't it? Job is trying to break down what's going on in his life. Break it down. And then God just, go, just turns up and goes, what is the point? You're never going to understand me because I'm amazing. I'm, I'm far greater than you. Just be, just be comfortable with that. Just go with it. You, you will never understand everything. You think that's what Job's all yeah. about? That's it. You summarise Job just like that. No, obviously there's other bits. It's a bit longer I love than that, doing isn't this it? To but... you. It's so funny. <laughs> I love. I love it. Just so reel me how, in every time. How many? How many massive statements can I get Paul to make online <laughs> this week? Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Well, let's. Love... <laughs> that was too easy. <laughs> no, I, no, I completely understand where you're coming from. If God was comprehensible, then He would. Uh, well, for one, we'd have to stop singing that song. Yeah. And um, <laughs> what is it? What are the words? Indescribable, non-recyclable, machine washable, biodegradable, biodegradable. <laughs> you place the stars in the sky. And, you know, the, if there's anyone who listens to this podcast that has been struck by lightning, how do you feel singing the line "Who has told every lightning bolt where it should go"? <laughs> if you listen to this and have been struck by lightning. Please get Please in contact with us at padreturb.facebook.wordpress.com. <laughs> I can never remember it at all. But Paul and, and Jamie, the password is 271. What book are we reading again? <laughs> the Bible. No, the Bible, that's it, yeah. Sorry, it's so obvious with Padreturb and everything like that. But yeah, so just, just let me know, complete aside. But yeah, Paul, you're right. A comprehensible God would be pants. And that's that's again why... You know, why this is so interesting looking into the Bible, because every time you do it, something else jumps out. And yeah. that that's all. I just don't want to. I'm not saying that, you know, verses 10 to 20 are completely useless because Jesus is explaining the parable. But I just uh, it stuff isn't that that easy, because otherwise, otherwise you just go, oh, well, Jesus told me exactly what it is. And then you don't have to think about it anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, and, and then you kind of cease to engage it. And I yeah. think sometimes that can be um, something about church. 
that sometimes people feel like, oh no, well that was told me in a sermon, so therefore I'm not, I can't think about it or I shouldn't think about it mm. anymore. And then you're kind of you're stopping its its power because that's really when it sinks in is when you when you're thinking about it and meditating over yeah. it and yeah, I mean, yeah. Can yeah. I throw, can I throw so we do agree after all. So you know, you just <laughs> no, no. I, 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 I genuinely I don't. Know, I don't know. We do agree. <laughs> and that, but there's there's something else that I wanted to throw into the mix here. And again, this is um, again, it, sometimes the passage just strikes you, and all it raises in your brain is contention. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe that's the biggest thing that I need to to look out for and come back to this prayerfully because I believe with my whole heart that the Holy Spirit will reveal truth to me through this passage rather than just relentless struggle mm-hmm. but to be honest all i've done is struggle with this but is this not just a little picture of like the calvinist view of christianity god has chosen some people they are on the inside god has not chosen others they are on the outside mm-hmm. is it like there are other other things within within calvinism as well but essentially that's what it comes down to but again, I think that is robbing the parables of a big, a big part of what they're about is we have to do some work as well. And I think if you do subscribe to the fact that, oh, well, just some people are chosen, then what's the point in speaking to your mates? Because if they've been chosen, God will sort them out. I, you know, I personally, I feel that I have to believe everyone can be saved. Mm-hmm. And, and God's revelation is for everyone. I mean, there are lots of passages in the Bible that say that as well. You know, yeah. again, we're going back to the point that even the Bible itself appears to contradict itself. I don't believe it does, but I believe it's be- it's because a lot of the things that the Bible is talking about is is beyond what we can understand mm-hmm. because it's from God. But in terms of this passage here, the parable of the sower, there seems to be a very clear message of like I I can't see anywhere obviously in this passage that demonstrates to me that there is. Like when Jesus explains it, he talks about some people are like this, and this is what's going to happen. Like they're like the seed on the path. Some people are like the seed in good soil. Some people like the seed that gets snatched up by the birds and all of that stuff. It it seems to just be a. It reminds me a little bit of Ecclesiastes in terms of it's Jesus talking about how life works in that way. It rem- I, I just. There's a whole load of struggle here for me because, like, honestly, mm. again, like, I'll, I'll hold my hands up to say that I really struggle with the Calvinist viewpoint. I fully accept that Scripture teaches that, as well as, I mean, the other, the other, um, the other one is called Ar- Arminianism, and that which is much more about people's uh, people's engagement with Scripture, and that basically the gospel is for everyone, mm-hmm. not a select few, and that both are in Scripture. I personally don't know whether it's right to subscribe to either of them, mm, mm. and that's like it's um yeah. I, th- I think it's a big thing. We got we've gone off on on that one there. Maybe, maybe I've trashed this entire part of the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm no, not sure. But no, this for me all. is there. There are big struggles there. And you know what? When it gets to Judas mm. later on in the book, you know that's going to be the exact same issue, isn't it? Yeah. How much of that was his own fault? How much of it was God? Yeah. Oh, let's not go into that now because we've. <laughs> yeah. But that's going to come up again, you know, and and again, I, that's partly why I love the Bible so much and I love my faith is because it isn't people who are my my non-Christian friends always, you know, think that I'm going to tell them I've got all the answers and they're often pleasantly surprised when I say, well, no, 
actually and that's no. kind of the point that's is it. that it, faith is going to be a struggle it's it's putting work in which is you know why i have maybe interpreted this section the way i did because i'm very conscious of that especially as we do the podcast mm. and we're looking into the bible that i feel that you know you are rewarded for doing work mm. and that's maybe something i've struggled with before in the past i've maybe been too passive and just sort of let the bible i'm like oh well if it's going to happen it's going to happen does that make sense? And I've not not actually taken hold of the fact that you know God says He will my faith will mature if I put some work in, yeah, stuff like that. So so again, it is a point of it. The Bible will meet you where you are. It's always got something to say to you, mm. and and like you say, at the moment you're going through a struggle. I've just come through a big sort of faith struggle over a couple of issues mm-hmm. that, and that was a good couple of years. Yeah, and it was difficult. Well, well, I would, like, I would, like, I know, I know that like, you went through a genuine faith struggle. I mm. wouldn't say that this causes me to have a faith struggle specifically because mm. I think that both you and I have realised and accepted that you don't need to know everything mm. right now to stop struggling. And, and ultimately, that's what my struggle was finished by: is that I got to a point where I thought this is ridiculous. I'm looking for answers mm-hmm. that that aren't there that was me being selfish and mm. not being willing to yeah yeah do you, yeah I do, do, you know earlier on i was talking about i mean just just to put it i mean obviously we've had a wonderful support group self-help session there always, <laughs> where, always. Where it's, it's just i love you that's man. the only reason i'm doing this that's it that's it <laughs> just close our bibles and talk about how we feel <laughs> our strawberries and cream be great women's ministry love it um you, the... you can't say that <laughs> you can't say that I didn't say that. A woman that I know said that once. Right. Yeah, Chal- good one. You know what? I've got some friends who are women. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sexist. I've got friends who are women. Yeah. No. I, My mum's I, a woman. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it was actually just a tongue-in-cheek comment. But if there are any women out there that are offended by what I've just said, I don't care. <laughs> just so you know. I genuinely don't care. <laughs> It'll be like water off a duck's back if you try and brand me as a sexist. I don't care. Okay, so... <laughs> so, the parable of the lamp. <laughs> so, What's going on today? I don't know. What's happened to me? We've gone from one extreme to the other, haven't we? There, there, are, there are other... like there, there, There's one thing that I do want to pull out of, Go on. of that thing. Make it quick. Just, yeah, it is really quick. <laughs> he does mention the kingdom of God in there. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. That's where I start to get excited. I'm going to say some positive stuff now. Good stuff. <laughs> but this next bit is your bit. So <laughs> I think I'm just going to rip it all apart again. Well, uh, no, this is this is positive. This is positive. The power of the lamp. Uh, I'm going to again. I'll read this because it's it's very short. This is uh, verses 21 to 25. So Jesus asked them. So again, he's getting them involved. Said, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? No, they of wouldn't course do that. not. Of no. course not. And that's it. All the crowd are going, no, don't no. be stupid. It's not a panto. Your Paul. bed would go, al- yeah, but I reckon <laughs> it probably would have been. That's how I've been you reading You think it would have been a pantomime? Yeah. I think the crowd would have all got involved. Yeah. And yeah, he's behind you. Yeah. Um, he said, of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For yeah, everything yeah, that is hidden is, yeah. will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought to light. At that bit, they've all been going, yeah, no. Yeah, and that bit, they'll go, oh, what? Oh, what? I don't understand that bit. Um, he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Yeah. So the parable of the lamp for me is this combination of active and passive 
which is part of being a follower of Jesus mm-hmm. and part of being a Christian. So again, it is kind of what we've been speaking about, not very eloquently. Um, basically, the active part of this, again, it, it's the light on the stand, isn't it? So it's it's about Jesus is the light of the world who brings everything into the light. But it's also about us as Christians putting our light on a stand rather than keeping it to ourselves because it is something we should be excited about and want to share with people. So mm-hmm. you've got this active part of putting your light on the stand. But then there's also the passive inevitability of verse 22 where Jesus says, for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought to light. That's not saying if you put your lamp on a stand, this will happen. That's saying it's going to happen anyway. This whole light so you into darkness. Think- you think that the things, <coughs> excuse me, the, the secrets are your own personal secrets? No. Okay. No. Uh, no. Uh, it's a good question. No, that. I think. Because we've it's, come at this so differently. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be one of those podcasts. It is, isn't it? It's going to be infuriating for anyone listening. Um, I'm saying. A lamp being placed on a stand is something we can be involved with, right? Mm-hmm. I see this bit as being something anyone can take something away from, even if you're not a Christian. I don't think it's necessarily just for Christians. Okay. Um, so we're saying you can, you know, put your lamp on a stand because that's where it belongs. It, you know, Jesus should be important and your faith should be important and you should be sharing it with others. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if you don't get on board and you don't follow Jesus and you don't put your light on a stand... The light is going to overtake the darkness eventually. So you're either with Jesus or you're, or you're not with Jesus. You're in the darkness. And either way, Jesus is going to win. So I see it as an encouragement because the kingdom of God is basically saying you can be involved. You can put your lamp on a stand. You can get involved. Carry Jesus' torch. Get involved. Mm-hmm. Or if you stand against it, be you know, know now that God's kingdom is going to come about whatever happens. Mm-hmm. And you will not be able to stop it. And all your secrets and things you think, no, I can do it my own way, that's going to be exposed as useless and meaningless Okay. anyway. Okay. Yeah? No, I, t- I, t- I take that. I do come at this differently. Okay. I see where, I see where you're coming from with that, definitely. Mm-hmm. So interesting, like, while, while you talk, I mean, you, you can see me, but for those, while Paul talks, I actually sit and scan through the passage <laughs> as he's talking. So you go, I wonder where he's getting that from and all this stuff. And really interesting. I wonder whether this isn't just a continuation on a theme. And, that, and I'm, I think I'm just going to be going kingdom, 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 mm-hmm. kingdom, kingdom. The to be whole fair, I did say kingdom there. No, you did, yeah. <laughs> and that that was what really made me glance at the passage. Okay. I was like, oh, wow, Paul really is going down the kingdom route with this as well. Because from the parable of the sower and this whole ever seeing but never perceiving, hearing but never understanding, mm-hmm. and then Jesus attributing that to like the kingdom of God, this revelation of the kingdom of God, Jesus now, I think that the lamp, just like just like you do, actually, I think you do, and that putting the lamp, the lamp and the light that it shines, is the kingdom of God. Mm. That is the kingdom of God, and it is being put out there for everybody to see. And it's really interesting how Jesus says, "If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear." I can almost imagine after his brief aside with the disciples, 
when he says that, I can imagine him looking at the disciples and giving them a bit of a wink. He's like, see, this is that in practice. I've told you about how I put out my parables and how, why I teach in the way that I do. It's so that people, like you were saying, in, engage properly mm-hmm. with it. And so it's almost, I, I feel like he's saying, um, like he, he, he's asking them, would you put a lamp under a bulb? No, that would be pointless. Well, nor am I. I think he's talking about himself. Okay. I see this almost entirely as talking about this revelation of how the kingdom is going to enter the world. But then I like what you're saying as well in terms of bringing that application because as the church and as his followers, we are instructed to go and make disciples of all nations, like that kingdom is ever-growing. And this is where I start to find... This is where I start to get excited mm. rather than just being bogged down in contentious stuff. That's the thing. That that just, uh, just that it's really inspiring to be to think, wow, I'm part of a kingdom. Do you know mm. I'm actually part of a kingdom that is being revealed to the world. And yeah, like what you're saying, of, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm with you on the, on the secret side of things. And that I'm not, sh- not sure what's going, what's going on there. Like it says, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what that means. Like, did, when you were looking into it, did you find anything to do with that? Yeah, again, that's kind of following on from what I was talking about earlier. Because that, that's, that's the thing. I, I can see, and again, you know, please, I'm not telling you I've found this and that's definitely what it means. No, know? no, no. Because these are difficult passages, but that's, you know that that way I interpreted the the sowing the seed and what you know what Jesus had to say about it about the not understanding thing. I think I think it's important that response. So it's basically if you engage with the parables and you understand that then leads to action, which is why I interpreted that first section when Jesus explains it to his disciples the way I did because I do believe that we have something to do afterwards. Do you yeah, see what yeah. I mean? So so again it's this thing to those who listen more understanding will be given so if something's piqued your interest if what jesus is saying kind of speaks to you it's up to you to pursue it because because basically there are lots of people who again you know that sometimes that's infuriating is that you speak to people who actually know quite a bit mm-hmm. about the bible but to them it's still foolishness because they don't take it any further than that they just mm. look at it at face value and go, well, yeah, I know, I know that it's like head knowledge, but it doesn't. They don't then take it and apply it to themselves and look at, look yeah. at what where, what their response to that is. Do Those you people I mean? were like the seed scattered on the path. Yeah, they and, hear and the word of God, they understand it, but and, after a while, that's it. And ultimately, it's it's like that that little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That was something again I struggled with, but. Now I'm reading that as, you know, like there have been loads of people, unfortunately, at church, people that have been good friends at church who, you know, but clearly something about them, they don't really want to fully commit or they're not sure or they go through something difficult and they're not willing to work it through. And then so they they then leave the church because they think, well, this isn't for me for whatever reason. And that, I think, is what God's saying, sort of that understanding being taken away from you is basically you've taken it so far, but you've not stepped over the line into actually mm. taking it seriously. Do you sort of mean yeah. you haven't converted it into, into a real something deep real faith? So you think, so, so you're saying in a way, Jesus is, 
has done some talking about how the gospel or the kingdom can be sown out among people. And now he's moving it on to a, a response kind of thing, like your response. But obviously, when I was dealing with the scattering seed, I also brought, also was thinking about the response there as well. Yeah. You know, so I think that has been from the start of the chapter is, is always, mm-hmm. for me, part of a parable is your response yeah, to yeah. it as well. So what does that mean for you? Yeah. Because otherwise there's no point engaging it. You know, there's no point arguing about it. That's the same. This podcast, we could just, mm-hmm. you know, what's the point in arguing about it? If then in the week, we're just going to just do whatever we feel like again and yeah, not try and respond to the stuff we've been bringing out. And I, I suppose the, the wrestling with, with it and trying to work out what's going on is part of that. Because once you've worked out what is really being said, then you can really respond to it. So if I was saying to you, Paul, go and make me a cake, but you didn't listen properly, mm-hmm. and you came back with a beetroot sandwich or something like that, then mm, you've delicious. responded. You've responded to them. <laughs> oh, I really fancy a beetroot sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> They're quite tasty, actually. Oh, I can't, actually, I can't but um, the, yeah, like it's, you've heard, you've heard what I've said. You've understood there's some kind of a response that's needed. You have responded. And you've even gone as far as making me something. Mm-hmm. But unless you can work out what it was that I wanted from you, then what you've done is kind of pointless as well. Mm. And that's so, yeah. I feel a little bit like we're working out our relationship live on the internet when it comes to how we do this. Yeah. And that is so, like, I cannot get across enough to people how my, I would just recommend studying the bible with a friend it's brilliant so much mm. i really do recommend it because like i i get to hear week in week out or fortnight in fortnight, fortnight, fortnight. <laughs> if that works how wrong paul is about everything <laughs> and i get to just just like every two weeks i get to improve him by telling him all the right things that i think which i, I love it i think it's been really good for you yeah no, no, thanks yeah I think you're really learning something here. <laughs> the thing is, right, I, I don't do exercise. I never will do exercise. But apparently, with exercise, it's quite difficult. Is it? Yeah, apparently, I know. people have to work at getting out of bed. It is It is hard work, but ultimately, apparently, it's worth it. I don't think it's worth it enough that I would do anything similar. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with being fat. Um, but you're but not in fat. your faith, in your faith, it is difficult. And the and the thing is, when you're struggling, like you were, you were being honest earlier and saying you, you've struggled with these passages, that is good because it means you want to know yeah. what the deal is. And again, again, that's part of my personal story, is when I was really struggling with my faith, I felt bad about myself because I thought, oh, well, that clearly means I'm not a very good Christian or whatever. But actually, it just means your heart's in the right place. Yeah. And, and it, took, it took a long time until I sort of read and spoke to people who... who pointed it out to me they said well actually what you're doing you should be encouraged that you are working it out yeah you know and that's what this that's what you know jesus explicitly says to those who um i've just lost my page to those who listen more understanding will be given the closer you listen the more understanding you'll be given it is sometimes a painful process Mm. but but ultimately good will come of it there's there's that image that some people say or, or this thing that people always say it's like oh well when we get to heaven we'll just know mm. right i don't actually know where they get that from i've not actually read that in the bible no. that once we get to heaven we're going to understand everything about the bible but i just 
I just get the impression that I'm going to get to heaven and like open up my Bible. I must remember at the second coming to to grab Figure my Bible <laughs> or like be buried with it or cremated like, or work with it. Anymore. Anyway, the, but like, I'll get there. I'm like, what was this parable about? And I can just imagine just Jesus going, "Oh, I'm going to tell you." Like I really, I just, I just think that, and that's the thing. I think that he would, even then, in the context of perfection. Would be like no, explore, explore what I'm all about. But then that's that's what I was talking about earlier. That's why I struggle with that verse ten to twenty because it's the only time Jesus actually like don't give me the answer. It just goes like, oh yeah, here's exactly what it means. Uh, that's why I think that bit stands out for me. It's yeah. just being a bit odd, and I didn't really know what to make of it because yeah. it just seems like you say you're exactly right. There's going to be stuff in heaven that we don't understand. There's stuff. Uh, there are verses that say the angels don't understand mm. what God's doing half the time because even they can't comprehend him. Yeah. So I agree with you. But there. they worship him. Yes. And that's the key. Mm. They just seem to have accepted that. Yeah. And they worship him. Yeah, and that's... Except for, like, the fallen ones. Obviously, they don't. They, they try and do their own but thing. even then, some of that... Some of that... Is sort oh, of don't, don't. You're going to go off Some of that's tradition, isn't you're it? You're going to go like, off on one. The whole thing about Again. Satan used to be an angel, and some of that's not explicitly I'm go- in the Bible. I'm going gonna, gonna, I'm gonna to call that tangent there. <laughs> I'm calling that right there. You're going to play your joker? Yeah. That's so it. it's a new ground rule. That's it, yeah. New ground Once a rule. podcast, you can pay, play your joker. <laughs> I'm going to play my joker. Okay. And right. I'm going to move on to verse 26. Okay, whatever. We could, we could bat that round like um, Andy Murray and that other guy that didn't win Wimbledon for ages. Okay, verse 26. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God, key phrase, is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. And like at this point, the crowd were like, uh, you've already done this one. <laughs> and that, but he, he says something different after. He saves it. Jesus' greatest hits. Isn't yeah, it? Jesus, yeah. <laughs> A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces corn. First the stalk, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. As soon as soon as I really wish that grain didn't have ears, because it's like there are too many ears in this passage. Yeah, there is a lot of ears and hearing. But yeah, anyway, in so, Hebrew, um, there are a hundred different words for ear. Really, like Eskimos have got really? the snow. Yeah, really, yeah, a hundred different words for ear. Fact, <laughs> actual. They would have known exactly what ear Jesus was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh dogs you... ears had a different word. <laughs> Cats ears. Oh, that kind of ear. <laughs> as soon as the grain is right. He puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. It's just, an, it's another image of what I, what I take from this is I take that the, the, there is growth here. There is development. There is revelation in what's going on. When Jesus first arrived um, and started doing his ministry, he was saying the kingdom of God is near. Not the kingdom mm. of God has come, but the kingdom of God is near. All these people are following him, and I think they're getting a gradual picture of what the kingdom of God is like. Mm-hmm. I also think this is where we go very, very deep in terms of big, the, the real big picture. The presence of God among his creation in this way, I think, does, does mean that the kingdom of God is expanding. The kingdom of God is not physically getting bigger, like territory, but people are starting to turn 
back to God through the Messiah. And so he, there's this comparison of how as this, as this grows and grows and grows, it reaches this point where they're ready to harvest. And I would argue that, yeah, there is, there is definitely a, the way in which you could interpret this, this little section is, yeah, in people's hearts it grows mm-hmm. and that people are ever becoming ready for the harvest to, to be harvested in terms of becoming Christians. Mm. But I think you could just as easily say that this is Jesus' commentary on his own ministry in that there is going to be a climactic point where actually the kingdom of God is fully revealed when he dies and when he rises again. Mm. You could easily argue that. Mm. You could also take it even further and say that it's when Jesus comes again, the new heaven and the new earth. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and I suppose this is like the whole way through we've spoken about different layers mm-hmm. of interpretation. And as like on this day, obviously Jesus hadn't died yet. He hadn't predicted his own death yet. People didn't have any concept that he was going to have to be a sacrifice at this point. Mm. So he's talking about this kingdom that is happening, this kingdom that is growing, that is on on the move. It would have been really inspirational, mm. I think, as his follower, just this concept of like this tremor beneath the earth that is that is coming and it's, it's, it's like that that's really inspirational for me and that really helps me in my faith as well because it's what I've got here is my king telling me how the kingdom works mm. and that is really inspirational for me. So I think for them at the time, for them at the time in their context, it would have been like, "Wow, he's starting to push how, push out how it how it's going to work in this time. Something new is happening. There's fresh growth. All this stuff. I think that we can take it as a challenge because there are always people who are ready to give their faith to God. Mm. But actually, always mm. there are always people that are willing to give their lives to God. We see it consistently at church." There are people that come along and give their lives yeah. to God the yeah. whole time, consistently going on. And then um, and then also we're looking forward to the great harvest as well. In, mm. I mean, that, to me, that sounds like a big cliche, but mm. that, that, great, that great harvest that will happen when Jesus comes again. So yeah. Yeah, those are my thoughts on that. This is where I start to bubble and get excited again yeah. about what's yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah I mean, I... For the moment, where I am at the moment, I, I've sort of not really, that's something I'll need to do this week. You know, now you've brought up about sort of the bigger kingdom of God picture, because sometimes I don't see the sort of bigger picture. And um, I think that that should, you know, I think I'm going to take that to heart and sort of that be a real encouragement. Because yeah. um, I, I, again, I took it on a sort of more personal layer, sort of that closer, mm-hmm. that closer layer, just basically that God promises to work through us, work in us. You know, and, and again, we don't know how. We don't know how, but God promises if you put the work in, this is again, you know, this is this is focusing on the passive aspect of the active and passive that I was talking about earlier. Um, and it's just saying that, you know, have confidence in the stuff that if you're doing the active, God will take care of the bits. Like it says, when you're asleep, when you're awake, mm-hmm. you know, those things that you're saying to your friends, those little struggles that you're going through when you're trying to interpret a bit of the Bible. It's just basically saying, you know, just be patient. God's working. All things work together for good and obviously then that fits into the bigger picture which is like as a church we you know that we're gonna yeah. grow and become better 
better for Jesus, both our individual churches that we're at at the moment and also collectively. And then, like you say, you know, the whole world that the kingdom of God is moving. And, and I think, yeah. you know, it should be encouraged that we're all little cogs in that. Yeah. And again, that's mind blowing, isn't it? You know, that's yeah. what we're talking about with the disciples before that Jesus will choose just normal loser people to get involved and do something really great, you know, because because he loves us. And that also there is a momentum. There is a momentum to it that is not our doing as well. Mm. And I, th- I just I think that we need that. I think that is so very how God works in that, of course, like you give your life to God and all of those things happen but that wouldn't even be possible unless jesus had come mm, mm. that wouldn't be possible so it's like it's not right come on help me push this wagon it's like this wagon is already going jump on oh uh, yeah are you on it or not yeah basically and that, that i find really inspirational mm, that, mm. that god is delivering whether we're awake or whether we're asleep no it is it is exciting stuff yeah that's what i reckon I'm going to skip it. I've got garden joke underlined there. I don't know what. <laughs> garden joke? Just, yeah. I love that. I love how you put in your notes what jokes you It's just lazy, say. isn't it? It's just lazy. What, what, what use is that now? Garden it says, leave it with him. Leave the work with him. If we do too much ourselves, dot, 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 garden joke. <laughs> if we do too much ourselves, what, I'm, we're I'm pulling the, up that Even from that brief synopsis, Paul, I could tell that that was a good joke. Yeah. I just want to encourage you. Yeah, that, no, that was funny. Thanks. That was it. I could come up with it. Well, something about plants coming up. I don't know if we try and do too much ourselves without God, we pull up the wrong plants or something. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't do any gardening, so I don't know no, why I thought yeah, I'd, be, a, a... I'd be like in a good place to make a joke about gardening. <laughs> I know nothing about it. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, so it's fortunately good to know. for it's me, the next section's about gardening. Yeah, <laughs> Brilliant. I know everything about this. So this is the parable of the mustard seed. Yeah. Um, which we... again is only short. Yeah. Sorry, go on. What were you? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, what phrases does he start with? I don't know because I put the wrong verses down. <laughs> I'll tell you what phrase he starts with. He says, "Again, what shall we say about the kingdom of God?" Yeah, there we go. I well, found it now. Well, key <laughs> you can phrase. Put the complete key wrong phrase. verses down there. Yeah, so he says, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. So, um, I've, again, (laughs) we could be completely different here, but I've, again, I've put this actually, initially I thought, oh yeah, it's about stuff getting bigger. Yeah, but, no, no, I'm with you on yeah, that. Yeah, but stuff I, then bigger. I thought, actually, it's not just about things getting bigger. Hence why it's a new parable, because otherwise it'd be the same as the previous, the growing seed. So okay. I don't think it's just about that. Again, I'm for me, it's this, it's this um, juxtaposition of the tiny and the huge that are all part of God's kingdom. All these layers, again, it's speaking about all these layers. Um, my granddad, I was chatting to him about uh, Mark recently. Your granddad is a legend. He's, I mean, he's amazing, isn't he? Um, and my nan as well, to be fair. But this was, I was talking, you know, with, with my granddad. He said that Mark, the way Mark's put together is there's pairs of acts that Jesus does. So he says there's normally a large scale miracle or act followed by a small scale miracle and act. And he said that's the pattern throughout Mark. I think we'll get more into that as we go through it. Mm-hmm. Have a flick through, you know, <laughs> see if you agree mm-hmm. with him. But I did. It have made a, me reach quick... for my Bible. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. it. Um, so for me, that's talking about you know god is in both and we need to we need to be encouraged by that and mindful of it so the whole you know even in these three episodes that we've done so far 
we're we're thinking about the fact that we are small but god is big so that's an encouragement um our faith is small but god treats it as big through jesus because jesus has done that you know repairing of our relationship with god um mm -hmm. we've we've read that small acts of love to our friends to our family to each other go a long way so again god makes that big um on our own we're small but god says we're a family so together we're large god sees the big picture of you know like the kingdom of god like we were just talking about but also he is in the details too so in the small small parts of our everyday lives cool. um so for me this is just talking you know it's just saying that jesus can and does use us which again is a theme that is going to keep cropping up has cropped up already a few times so basically we are a tiny mustard seed but we are part of something much bigger i mean i google imaged this and that's that was really what and can you up. confirm that mustard seeds are in fact are small very tiny but it wasn't so much the mustard seed it was more the tree i'd never seen a mustard tree and it's quite big yeah it's quite big so there is that juxtaposition so so that's I don't see what's funny about that. I think that's <laughs> theologically sound. It's biblical, so it's therefore it's amazing. Ground rule two. Biblical is amazing. So I don't that's see what's... Brilliant. I couldn't find any I pictures of a mustard tree I'm like half done. <laughs> so I just, for me, that I'm really spoke... I'm confident that I'm not the only person that will be laughing when, <laughs> when this I don't know why. Out. I think that's brilliant. I Google image this and I can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just that you couldn't actually even say that mustard trees are massive. All you could say was quite big. It isn't huge. It <laughs> it's isn't not huge. huge. But <laughs> but it is big and a mustard seed is tiny. So there is that. So there we there go. Is, it definitely still works. So Jesus knew his mustard. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, good. Thanks. I mean, <laughs> maybe I'm being oversimplistic again. But just when Jesus says, "What well, shall we what say?" I just said wasn't that simplistic. <laughs> <laughs> when you laughed at me, you made me feel as big as a mustard seed. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry, Paul. One day you'll grow up to be average size. <laughs> <Okay>, size tree. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. He says, "He says, what shall we say about the kingdom of God, or what shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use?" You know, how there's been a <laughs> love it. Um, repetition <laughs> of like Jesus seems to be going on about seeds and growing stuff like he took a brief hiatus and talked about lamps for a while <laughs> but then <clears throat> he's talking about seed that's actually a very um Jewish way to argue um argue stuff like they don't the way that we get trained I mean obviously there are people like you've got global audience these days so we can't really talk about our culture yeah, anymore here in the uk <laughs> how we are um talk to where we all drink tea and talk about the queen that's it we talk about the queen all the time <laughs> mainly about how she drinks tea actually she um well the way that the queen would write an essay is she would say <coughs> she wouldn't do that she doesn't cough out loud she's the queen someone uh, coughs for her so, <laughs> i have a tickly throat <laughs> Thank you much better. Lovely. <laughs> Doesn't happen. Um, yeah, when the when the Queen writes an essay for school, she um, she will start with an introduction and then she'll work her way through logically and then write her conclusion. It's done. It's called a linear argument. It's just an argument that goes in a straight line. That is not what Jesus does. Jesus 
puts his main point smack bang in the middle of a circle and attacks it from all kinds of different angles. Mm-hmm. I think that that central point is the kingdom of God. That is what I think is going on in this passage. And so it's like, oh, another thing about the kingdom of God, it's like this. Oh, another thing about the kingdom of God, it's like this. Another thing about the kingdom of God, it's like this. He goes on and on and on about it. (coughs) Excuse me again. And that's what I think we're seeing here. It's kind of like variations on a a theme. There There are loads of different seed things. And then just at random, he comes from a completely different angle with, mm. with lamp stuff. So I think this is all talking about the kingdom of God. But I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm yeah. just, you know... Yeah. I, I'm really, I'm really glad that is... you've pulled out applications, though, because I think one of the... Because, because I get so bogged down in like what Jesus is saying at the time, mm. I think that sometimes I can lose that sense of this is for me today. Although that I know that it is, mm. and I seek to apply that, I think it's easy to lose that. But yeah, except for the next, the next bit with Jesus calming the storm, I think that that is so applicable. I've gone all out applicable on this next one. As we're looking at, do, do you want to do you want to move on, or yeah. are you done? Yeah. Okay. A click away, a click away. Here we go. Right, <laughs> this is brilliant. What happens here? I love, I love this passage. Right, you got after after all the teaching's gone on, Jesus gets in a boat with his disciples so there are loads of people on loads of people on this boat a lot of his disciples are fishermen like they were experienced experienced sailors people that were used to being out on this particular sea the sea of galilee or the lake of galilee but it's a massive lake geographically in the area storms could come on in a heartbeat Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what happens and all these guys that are in a boat together see this storm as uh, say see they're, they're at the point where they're bailing themselves out they think that they're going to die because of this storm jesus is asleep at the back of the boat with his head on a pillow mark throws in that little detail <coughs> which i think is good like i think i think for authenticity's sake it's good to know little details like mm. that no, but yeah jesus is asleep whilst all this going on people are um yeah people are really scared and they actually get to the point where they they say to him, it says here that they say to him, I think they probably had to scream it at him. <laughs> yeah. They're like, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Then Jesus gets up and rebukes the wind and rebukes the waves and says, be still, be quiet. And um, it happens. The storm just goes mm. completely, leaving the disciples in the boat completely shot saying oh no before that jesus then after, after he's caught in the storm jesus says to him why are you so afraid <laughs> which would irritate me beyond <laughs> and then he says because <laughs> none of them actually have the power to calm the storm no, like that no that's true so it's a bit pedantic it comes across as so pedantic but it's not um he says why are you so afraid do you still have no faith which kind of makes us yeah i mean i'll go into that in a minute um they were terrified and they asked each other who is this even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, what I realised about this was, and this is, I'm just going to just going to say what how I think this applies to my do life. It. Is I'm going to do the the classic, the classic. Sometimes life is stormy <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> because I just think it works. Yeah, oh it no. does. Work. I'm not going to reinvent. Try and reinvent mm. the wheel on mm. this. Sometimes 
bad stuff happens and we're trying to live our lives and have faith in God. And these disciples seem to think that they had the answer to to keep themselves alive. Or really, they were doing everything that they could to keep themselves alive. They were probably mucking around with sails, so a few of them would have been on ropes. A few of them would have been bailing out what water was coming into the boat. They thought they were going to die. And I can just imagine... So <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm just... I, I hope... In my mental image of this bit of the Bible, I hope that one, at least one of the type of disciples was just useless, wasn't doing anything, was just running in circles, going, we're all going to die, just run. doing laps of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> like they've had to club him over the head just to <laughs> yeah, shut him up, because yes. he's in the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> probably Judas. Anyway, the, um, <laughs> so they're all in this situation together, and I imagine them screaming at Jesus, teacher, don't you care if we drown it's interesting that they say teacher as well really they choose that word teacher so they, i know we talk a lot about how they were friends and mm-hmm. how they went about and it was all quite normal i think that's important to note that there is this edge to jesus there was a hierarchy he mm-hmm. was the teacher they were the students nonetheless all of that has flown out the window at this point because they're <laughs> shouting at him teacher don't you care probably trying to pass him a bucket to help join in with their rescue plan for themselves. Mm -hmm. And fair play to them, it's all they could do within their power. Then Jesus steps in with a greater power, a higher power, Mm -hmm. and does what none of them could do. And it's when he says to them, why were you afraid? I know, sort of like jokingly, before I said that would really wind me up, because they were literally at the edge of their abilities and their capabilities. They were even in the situation they should have been comfortable in. These, A lot of them were fishermen. Mm. A lot of them would have been used to this sort of thing. But Jesus, <coughs> Jesus says to them, why, why were you afraid? And then he says, do you still have no faith? He's not asking them to have faith in themselves and their own abilities. He's asking them to have faith in him. Mm. And that is a really powerful challenge. That's a really, and a comfort to me as well. And it also speaks of the fact that the kingdom of God, again, like we were talking about before, the kingdom of God is growing and developing in one sense, completely separate to us. It, mm. is, it is the bandwagon that we can jump on that is already moving because of the power of God. Yeah. It works because of the power of God. And just the good old fashioned application that come that comes out of this which i think is to this day no one's ever said anything better to me about it but when the storms of life do come actually trust jesus Mm. don't run around like a headless chicken don't try and hand him a bucket to bail you out short term Um, i'm really good at that i'm really good at and i think it can it can be quite a um quite a blokey thing i know how to sort this problem out i'm going to do it this way and all it is it doesn't stop the water coming in the boat it just uses up your energy trying to fight a losing battle Mm. whereas when you reach that point where you can truly hand something to jesus he will calm the storm he actually will that's what i take from this but yeah sorry you sat and listened beautifully paul thank you no but there's I mean, there's nothing else to add to it. The, you know, the phrase I've put here is that this is a parabolic miracle, mm-hmm. which is, again, that's something that comes up in this John Dominic 
across and you know these couple of sermons mm-hmm. um that you know that like i say we'll link to i think we need to be careful because if you if you are gonna um sort of do a bit of homework and and listen to those sermons uh this guy um kind of takes it a little bit further than that and basically he sort of questions whether some of these events really happened is, mm. is basically where he comes from it and i'll happily so, now my colors to the mast here and say keeping it with the boat imagery um and, and say that I believe that this really did happen. And, and I will I join you in that. I will join you in that. But it's still worth listening to um, because because he points out rightly that a lot of the other things that Jesus has done, he actually calls Jesus God's parable. Mm-hmm. And and ultimately, that's what we've seen. We just didn't have a term like that for it. But yeah. ultimately, as we go forward, it's it's another way of looking at the Bible you know, and, and again, sometimes uh, we can see things too literally and then we don't take it any further than that. We just go, oh, yeah, well, that just happened. But actually, there's always something. That's why it's all in the Bible is because it's all useful. Mm-hmm. And there's always there's always these different layers to some of these events that um, that happen. But, yeah, you just mm-hmm. did that so, so well. So, yeah, there's nothing nothing to add to that. That's great. I do have one more one more thing, actually, mm-hmm. that, that I that I haven't just thought of, but just because I've been on about the kingdom of God in every single section that we've done today, <laughs> um, I think that what you've got here is you've got the parable of the sower is Jesus teaching about the kingdom of God. Lamp on stand, talking about the kingdom of God. Parable of the growing seed, talking about the kingdom of God. The parable of the mustard seed, Jesus talking about the kingdom of God. Jesus calming the storm. Just classic example of jesus being the king of the whole friggin world <laughs> that's what i think i think that's that's important important as well because it's not all about looking inward and saying oh right, i'm having a tough time because mm. mm. if you do that and believe me i've been through tough times and that if you do that then all you will end up doing is thinking about yourself yeah but if you fix your eyes on jesus if you have your faith in him then he reminds you of this big kingdom it puts stuff in perspective mm. in a very similar way that if you think you're struggling for money and then you see an Oxfam advert, you realise that there's something bigger going on. It's perspective, isn't it? Yeah, it's perspective. perspective is the word. Um, but yeah, in, in that it just gives it just gives me great hope and has done a, a number of times. So me personally, bit of a journey in this passage. Start mm. start off being utterly confused, and I feel like Jesus. If I, it's almost like I'm trying to hand him hand him a parable saying interpret this interpret this for me tell me what this is about what's this about and then he just gets up and absolutely solves all of my problems Mm. for me and then i just have to bow down and worship him because you just can't deny he is good yeah that's great what i'll do is i'll take that three minutes you've just said there put that at the beginning of the podcast (laughs) and then just say if you don't want to (laughs) if you don't want to listen to the the rest of the hour and a half (laughs) you can take those three minutes away (laughs) because yeah. you've just encapsulated the whole chapter you know that's great yeah so um so yeah and i kind of feel bad this uh episode because i feel like feel i've bad. detracted from what you've been saying i feel like i've kind of taken it no you know no, the... no, oh, let's not do i knew we wouldn't get through a whole podcast without you being no, so... no, no, all no. you've done all you've done is been seeking to apply the bible to your life <laughs> like, and i can't believe that you would apologize for that no, just and it could just be paul that it's just good that we're doing this together. I don't know. Like maybe just maybe just part of this is that there are more than one opinion going on. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Next you're week right. or like in a two weeks' time, like maybe 
maybe what we should do is just set up one microphone <laughs> and uh, and we can just wrestle <laughs> and fight to get towards literally the, fight yeah them. literally fight and then whoever is able to win that round is able to say what they think. That would be basically a parable as an episode, wouldn't it? It'd be that like is. a literal, the parable is a literal struggle for the microphone. That's it. Then that gives away the extra layers That's of meaning. It. You bring the <laughs> so, jelly, I'll bring the paddling pool. <laughs> You're on. <laughs> you know, we might do that this afternoon. It's meant to be 32 degrees. Amazing. <laughs> Let's get involved. The jelly might melt. It could turn into just sticky oh, water. can you imagine. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. Right, well, it's been another long one. <laughs> Has it? How long yeah. this time? Hour and a half. Oh, that's not bad. That's all right. That's all right. We're getting there. It was an hour and a half and seven last time, wasn't it? No, it was an hour forty-seven. It was almost. Really? Uh, oh dear! Yeah, I don't a, listen back. I just like talking into the microphone. So. <laughs> as we've as we've heard. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's been helpful. Thanks again for listening. Thank you, for everyone who's been giving us feedback. Um, stuff like that it's always good to hear from you hopefully you know we'll start having a big list of might even do that on the blog might have a have a friends of padra turb list for everyone who you know gets involved on facebook and twitter and stuff what where we say you are a friend yeah you're officially a that's not to say that any of you listeners i i'm one of those people i listen to podcasts i never get involved i'm yet to like this i think i'm yet to like this on facebook okay fair enough fair enough but uh, you know you are by no means you're by no means any less a friend of ours. You are. But <laughs> you really are. Let's face it. But um, but no, it's just one of those things, you know, As if you want to get involved, we'd, we'd love to hear from you because that's, that's ultimately it. what this is about. Paul and Jamie read the Bible. He's like a farmer that once went out to uh, sow some seed <laughs> and, um, and some of the seed fell on <laughs> the path, etc. And of course... There are those of you, as Paul rightly said from Scripture earlier on, that will engage properly and will get more from it. And there are those of you who are, I think, what's the phrase, on the outside.
Thank you.